This is Cross Culture, exploring the intersection of our faith and the culture that we live in. Today, we're going to talk about conspiracy theories. Hey guys, welcome to Cross Culture. My name is Jesse Dew, and we have Pastor David hurling in front of me. And we have an exciting topic today, conspiracy theories that has been going all over the news, especially uh, in this last political cycle. And there is so much to unpack here. I don't know if you have any um, thoughts leading into the topic, or maybe we can just go into some of the um, some of the conspiracy theories that had been going around. Uh, why don't we start there? Well, what makes this topic particularly hot for us who are in the church is that we all have some experience with it now. I remember for many years in ministry not having to interact directly with conspiracy theories. They all seemed to respond around uh, crazy ideas about lizard people coming up from the center of the planet and, or the typical uh, conspiracy theories that revolved around either uh, extreme right-wing people hating Jews or extreme left-wing people hating Jews. It just depends on which, which Jews you hate. But it, now it seems that every single church has dealt with this in some way. We've all mm. grappled with that person who seems to have lost all touch with reality mm. and has an alternative way of reading the news who expects that things are going to go in a particular direction. And never seems to be uh, never seems to react well even when the news seem to disprove all of their favorite theories so the one that's been gone, going around the, the the church the most has been have been the the conspiracy theories put forward through uh, QAnon uh, in other words through the anonymous source which called itself Q that posted first on uh, on 4chan which Anything that's posted on 4chan, you should you should probably already know that that's a a red flag from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But that's a uh, you know that the the, uh, the people of Jesus time said, does anything good come from Nazareth? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, we should be asking now, can anything good come from 4chan? 4chan. Yeah. But that's a whole another topic of discussion. But the, yes, the the QAnon conspiracy theory in particular has infiltrated almost every layer of. Yeah, of the church in America now, and the news even really loves to sensationalize these these conspiracy theories, and especially those that would believe in them. Or I remember like flat Earth being like a thing across mm-hmm. the NBA, Kyrie Irving and stuff. Like, sure, um, people love to to hear about. Oh wow, this guy is thinking this. This person's thinking that. Why why is it that you know the news would lap this up? Why is it that it's so appealing? Uh, just the thought of conspiracy theories in general for anybody, especially Christians? Well, there are two different factors at play here. From a secular perspective, part of it is just that news outlets want to make news. They want to report on things that are striking and interesting, that are different from how the, the normal person thinks, because they know that the public loves the grotesque. They know that people like to hear about weird things. They like to hear about people who believe weird things. As soon as Kyrie Irving said anything about being a flat earther, 
everyone ate it up because that's such a fascinating take on Kyrie Irving the player. Mm. To, to think that su- that a 21st century person could really believe that the world is flat. Yeah. You know, people say, is he serious? Is he not serious? It immediately made it interesting. And that immediately also brings in the second, that the issue that rides on that, which is that as soon as you talk about a fringe person and you exoticize their, you make exotic their opinion, it immediately becomes more popular. The danger of pointing to your opposition and saying, look out for that person, they're so extreme, is that you have you now run the risk of making that person a celebrity and actually making their, their very extreme radical position into a mainstream position. Mm. And I think that's a good part of what happened with, with QAnon, for instance. It's the fact that people were so quick to denounce it and fact check it that instead of discrediting the theory, in many cases, they actually discredited the fact checkers in the eyes of conspiracy theorists. Yeah. And when you discredit the fact checkers, like what, like you're allowed to just live freely in your own little fantasy world as long as you want. Well, I remember when I was growing up, the the teachers in our school library said something that stayed with me my whole life. They said, the, it, the internet is an unparalleled source of information. No one today lacks data. People in the old days, they lacked data. It was hard to find out f- facts. But they said the thing about the internet now is the difficulty of assessing what's a good source and what's a bad source. So now the issue isn't a matter of finding data. It's an issue of of evaluating data. Is this quality data or or is it nonsense? And people are increasingly hearing more data and doing less and less evaluation of the quality of that data. Now, some things are also being exposed in this, which is that sometimes we should be asking those questions of the fact checkers and evaluating the fact checkers the same way we're evaluating the uh, the fact checks themselves. So asking for sources is, I think, more important than ever before. Mm-hmm. Which leads us right to the heart of this whole question, which is, do we actually does anyone in, involved with this stuff actually care about truth or not? Hmm. Yeah, it boils down to truth, doesn't it? Like what people think about truth and where that comes from, where that truth, where truth comes from to them. Hmm. This is why I think we in the church are actually more susceptible to conspiracy theories than the secular world is, partly because the, the structure of the typical conspiracy theory seems to dovetail nicely with the structure of the way that the New Testament encourages us to think, which is this. Conspiracy theories tend to teach us to be distrustful of global systems. They teach us, for instance, to, to quote Ephesians 2.2, 2, uh, following the course of the, this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now in work in the sons of disobedience. So for instance, uh, Paul was saying that the, the whole culture of his time, the Greco-Roman culture typified by the, the Roman government and all of the things, it's a whole program, was basically directly being influenced by the evil one, by, the, by Satan. And once you think that the world is under the influence of the evil one, now we're just quibbling over specifics. 
now we're just asking, well, it, it, right? We're mm -hmm. asking, okay, well, if we already believe that the world system is controlled by the enemy, does it sound that unlikely to think that any of the crazy things we attribute to that system could actually be happening? Mm -hmm. And that's where we start to, that's where we start getting ourselves into trouble. When we start, when we start saying, well, it totally makes sense for me to think about people who are in being influenced by the evil one doing such horrible evil things mm -hmm. that it, that we don't actually then stop and say to ourselves well time out did this actually happen or did this not actually happen yeah because the actual specific answer to that question really does matter mm -hmm. and you also just you can't even accept any good or any positive news that may come from a specific person that you are conspiring against you know, it's it's almost like you you fortify the way that you think about um, the world around you, the people around you. I think that the worst thing to come out of this past political cycle is the intensity of the camps that people divided into. It's the fact that you had. It's the fact that you had people who are on the left saying those people on the right are so crazy that none of them will listen to reason. And you had people on the right saying those people on the left are so corrupt that none of them will listen to reason. And people just stopped reasoning. <laughs> and because the neither side cared enough about truth to really cross over lines and talk, uh, each side was willing to, to just begin putting out their own narratives about things. And that's what's crazy to me. Like, we as Christians are supposed to be heralds of the truth. Mm. We're church members who believe in one, you know, source of ultimate truth, God's word. Uh, I'm wondering if you can talk about why then are Christians, you know, susceptible to believing conspiracy theories and what does the bible have to say that we're omitting or that we're looking over well i think the first thing to acknowledge here is that this is not really a new problem <laughs> christians have from the very beginning of of christianity been susceptible to the possibility of false teachers coming in and introducing entirely new situations entirely new the theological beliefs entirely new uh, emphases for for the direction in which people should be th uh, thinking. All you need to do is is Google the phrase "moral panic," and you'll find out all of the all of the various ways in recorded history that Christians have reacted against things about which they knew not very much. And we have been very quick to believe people when they said, you know, this element of of secular culture is bad. That element of secular culture is bad. And without research, we've just jumped in and pursued these things. But for me, one of the, the really big ones is when you look back at uh, 2 Timothy, you in uh, 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, Paul says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their passions, and they will turn away from listening to the truth, and they'll wander off into myths. And part of why these conspiracy theories have so much power is that they are myths. They are stories that serve as a paradigm for understanding the world around us. They allow us to, to divide the world into black and white. They allow us to, uh, to turn basically the whole world into the Lord of the Rings 
and see the people who we don't like as orcs who we can just kind of like <laughs> mow down at will and not feel bad about it because they're so horrible and absolutely evil that we don't need to care what happens to them. Mm. And it makes us feel better about the world and ourselves. Wow. Dang. So our hunger to, to just make sense of what we see around us will lead us to fill in the blanks with certain things that make it really convenient to believe when they may or not when in reality life is just a lot more than just black and white certainly earlier in the podcast i made reference to uh to the anti-semitic history of conspiracy theories and uh that is really where the origin of a lot of these conspiracy theories come from that it's a that there was a sense uh in the history of Western civilization, where it's a lot easier to blame people who are not like you for the problems that you're experiencing, whether it's the idea of the the, the Jewish people poisoning the wells to cause the uh, the Black Death, hmm. or uh, or the other traditional conspiracy theories like uh, blood libel, the idea of you know that the rabbis getting together to 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 kill a, a Christian child every Passover and drink his blood. That uh, sounds wild to us today, but you know, to this to this day, there are many people who believe in, in such things, whether we're talking about in Russia or in Eastern Europe or so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and these things led lead right into the present day. It's a lot easier to believe that the, the richest people in the world are conspiring to keep the everyone else under their thumb, and the the great corporations are trying to figure out how to make money off of us. So, of course, it's easy to think that that Bill Gates wants to implant microchips in everyone. Because it allows us to to hate freely without feeling remorse. It allows me to say the problems that are going on in my life are not my fault. They're being put upon me by someone else. Mm-hmm. And it also gives us the illusion of control, doesn't it? For If you were a medieval European who had no way of knowing if the Black Death was coming for you next, it felt better to know that you could exterminate the, 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 the people who you hated which at mm-hmm. least gave you some feel, some modicum of control over your own life, right, right. even if it was totally wrong and satanic in every way. Mm-hmm. Right. feels better to take action on a problem that you have, even if it's based off something wrong, and, than to just sit and not do anything. Mm. Uh, Conspiracy theories allow us to simplify the overwhelming complexity of life. They allow us to take very, very complicated issues and reduce them into very simple issues. Yeah. So there's many people who, uh, obviously, if it's entering the news, who are believing these things, who are just lapping it up. And many people that we, uh, as Christians, or as just people, uh, know Maybe they're people in our family or they're close friends or whatever. How do we talk to someone who may be believing in something like a conspiracy theory? I think that this is the sort of issue where a lot of the onus in the church is on the highest level of Christian leadership. It's on the pastors. For those who are in uh, denominational traditions it's on the people who are above pastors bishops or superintendents or so on it's on the the people who are in leadership and in teaching positions to explicitly address these things 
And I'm telling you right now, I know so many pastors who are extremely hesitant to actually speak up about this because they know that if they do speak up and they name names and they say that these things are untrue, they know there will be people in the church that will be very eager to, uh, to jump on them and begin to criticize them over this. I've seen Christian apologists say, hey, QAnon is, is, is ungodly and wrong. And some people said, oh, I never knew that you were such a you know, false prophet, false teacher, an instrument of the, of the Antichrist, and so on. To, to, even to apologists who have uh, unfailingly glorified the name of Jesus. So there are many people that are afraid to speak up about this, even though they know this is wrong. And that's where the, the first step of intervention really needs to happen. It's the courage of Christian leadership to say, mm-hmm. we know this is untrue. I'm going to speak up and call this untrue specifically. Yeah, so important. And you're right. It's it's really like an edgy topic to, to address, uh, and that'll directly affect not just you know, confrontations that happen, but, you know, attendance in the church. It'll tend to affect tithing. It'll affect the whole thing. Um, I can see why it'd be hard for a leader to do that. Mm. What about, like, the average person? Well, the, the other attitude that needs to change in the church is the... There is a traditional... Um, bias in Christian thinking against education, against critical thinking, and uh, against the whole way of thinking that evaluates sources. So, so much so that in, in, uh, in theological discourse, we actually have a specialized word for it, sacrificio intellectum, the idea of that you, you, you sacrifice your intellect for the sake of living a life of faith. And it's, it's untrue, but especially in the Protestant church tradition, Catholics are a little bit different, but within the Protestant church tradition, there's this idea that not many of you who got saved were intellectuals, means that intellectuals are inherently bad, means that the, if, you think about, if you think about things like sources and verification and making sure that things are true, it means that you must not be living by faith. It means that you mm. must not be... Uh, there must be something wrong with your, your walk with God. There must be a lack of trust that you don't simply trust the authorities to tell you what is, mm-hmm. uh, what is right and what is true. So I think the first thing we could do is be, being able to help people to realize that the Bible is, that because the Bible is true, we should not, we should not have a problem with fact-checking things, even things that are in the Bible, mm-hmm. because we, we do believe that those things will turn out to be true because they're true. That for us as Christians to fact check things does not display a lack of faith. If anything, it displays more faith that the God who has spoken to us has told us only actually true things. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the saying that all truth is God's truth is one that we need to believe in more more fully and more completely. Yeah, and I'm wondering if we could also just settle in our spirits with the idea that we may not be able to know everything. Like, we may not know the answers to, you know, the underbelly of the government or even, like, how God works in various church organizations all around the world. Mm -hmm. Like, 
we won't be able to know everything. And so for us to prematurely connect the dots may not be a great practice to to engorge in. You know, like it'll it'll affect how we connect the dots across the board for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But just to be like, um, I guess, close to the understanding that God's ways are above my own and his his understanding is so far beyond my uh, my understanding we already believe that the whole world system is under the hand of the evil one and i'm sure that on the last day when when all the books are opened we'll find out about evils we never knew existed Mm -hmm. but in reality when we try to rush that day when we try to say Mm -hmm. here are all the evils of the world and i'm going to correct them yeah we we really do try to step above. We, we put our own national and personal interests above the interests of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the kingdom, there will be a day for that. Yes. Yeah. So then, is there a way... I mean, you, you had talked about um, being willing to fact-check, mm-hmm. um, wanting to check your sources... Is there anything else that we can do to learn to just think better to, about these things, to be better, to not be susceptible? I think part of it is being willing to view people as people. Hmm. One of the things I really like about the, the example of the Apostle Paul in the Bible is that when he's when he had an opportunity to go before government leaders— he didn't address them merely as government leaders because if he did, he would have, he would have simply condemned them and moved on. Uh, we, we see him, for instance, on trial before the, the, the governors of uh, Judea at that time, Felix, and later on Festus. He ends up meeting Herod Agrippa. Uh, he ends up ultimately, as far as we know of, going standing on trial before Emperor Nero. It, that, that one doesn't go so well for him. But he, but he stands before each of these officials and when you look at his discussion with them, he doesn't go ahead and review their record as Roman officials. He addresses them as people and shares with them the power of the Messiah, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the best things we can do as we begin to grapple with these, these different conspiracy theories is to deal with these people as people, to realize that they will do things that are evil. They will do things that are demonic in origin. They will have programs which are which are unbelievably wrong and yet at the same time no human on earth is as bad as the devil is and for us to be able to ascribe the source of every evil to these to the people who end up being pinned on in these conspiracy theories runs the risk of bringing us to the same place as it brought the uh the original conspiracy theorists the medieval Europeans or those so far in, in history. Why is why did the Holocaust even happen? The Holocaust happened because people took uh, took their conspiracy theories to the logical conclusion, didn't they? They said, well, if we get rid of the source of these evils, which in their conspiracy theories were the Jews, then we will then we will solve all of Germany's problems. And of course, it was all a lie, but it was a but it was a powerful lie. So if we're willing to, but if they had actually met the people. If they had spoken, if they had gone into the ghettos and spoken to the rabbis, if they had spoken to the common people, if they had friends who were in that community, do you think we would have seen the same atrocities? 
Or would they have begun to question all of the things they had been taught? Would they say, man, that, that doesn't... When I hear about all these problems that, that Hitler is talking about, that doesn't sound like the Jews that I know. That they might have been a very different conversation. So I think the, one of the, the best ways we can start is to, to start crossing the lines and actually knowing people on the other side so that it's a lot harder for us to see them as just like orcs, mm. to see them as a problem to be removed. Yeah. Knowing the people behind the ideas. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder if we can just close this podcast uh, once with prayer, praying for those that may be susceptible to conspiracy theories, but also praying for ourselves to, to love and value uh, truth and also uh, people more. Do you think you can lead us in that? Let's do it. Father, we ask that you would make us lovers of truth. You are the God of truth, and we want to oppose uh, every lie of the evil one, even the ones that seem attractive to us, especially the ones that seem attractive to us. Would you help us, Lord, to recognize uh, those areas of public life in which we are tempted to believe a lie, and that we would be uh, willing to believe you when you speak to us in ways that we do not appreciate. We ask, Father, that as we interact with these things, that we would be able to recognize them for what they are. And we ask that you would help us in uh, interacting well with those who believe them, that we would speak the truth in love, that we would be able to uh, care for the person while opposing the concept, and that we would be able, Lord, to discuss these things candidly and without fear of reprisal. So, Lord, we ask that you would walk with us through this process and help us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, that's about it for this episode. Uh, We'll catch you next time.